Sit back, self-isolate and sanitise your ears. It's a whinish shuffle. The Inverness Caledonian Thistle fan podcast. More high-pitched and irritating than Charlie Christie in his pomp, possessing the judgement of Lionel Jebby Zaddy and the podcast that is most like Nikolai Todorov, as we generally only make an impact at the end. Coming up, Easter Road Agony in support of the season, Pathetic Pars, The Beast from Bulgaria, Keatingsgate and much more, plus 25 years worth of tenuous ICT references. Let's shuffle. You got no soul, you rubber bumpers! Spit that! Well, well, well. Welcome, uh, as usual, I'm Andrew Moffat, and as usual, Cali Thistle are nothing if not consistently inconsistent. Joining me for this March pod is Andrew Sutherland, who is consistently on a megabus. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, also back for this first pod of this decade is Ross McKenzie, who is consistently looking for new and innovative ways to occupy his kids on a Saturday. How you doing? Uh, and Andrew Young, who consistently wonders, does a player strike the ball, or does the ball strike what we perceive to be the player? Hello. Hello. Uh, right, a lot to get through, so how to compose an intro that will sum up the seven games since we uh, last recorded. Easy. Keatings and Story get it up the Aviemore Loyal, defeat on Tannery Street, but Shanklin's hair still makes us recoil. Fawn Williams paints himself in the sticks, but late Tommy Walsh downs the paralytics. Scottish Cup fever on the road to Easter, but the sun shines on Leithers despite a thousand Invernesians. More at home, and like four days before, he's alive in the area. Lock up your penalty boxes, it's a beast from Bulgaria. Aloha again to an old friend, an inability to beat part-time teams on that you can depend. And QOSVICTFT31 relatively easy. Pick the bones out of that. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Highland highlight out of that. And before you, anyone comments, yes, I've got a really, really sore throat. I don't, I don't have coronavirus. I, I was going to say, you're, you're sounding very husky. I know, I'm not very be, sexy. I've not been tested. I've not been tested yet. But uh, so I'm, yeah, Highland highlight out of all. Oh, that. for me, I mean, um, it's probably one of the big talking points of the last month. The whole like Keaton's, you know, quote dive on quote against the, the Rangers quotes. Um, and whilst I hate hate the phrase, um, it was quite good to see the uh, the football family, if you like, kind of rallying around Inverness to some extent to kind of overturn the um, probably most ludicrous decision by a, an authority since the Chinese government tried to subdue a doctor's warning about a SARS-type virus uh, back in December. Uh, so it was good to see justice eventually prevail and Keating's having his ban overturned and now he can look forward to a Challenge Cup final against Rafe at the end of the month. Strangely enough, I've um, highlighted an opposing player's full-time meltdown for the second time <laughs> this season. Um, but this time I'm nominating Alois Neil Parry because of his restraint and consummate professionalism uh, during the 90 minutes, which was a stark contrast to Paul McGowan earlier in the season. Uh, Neil Parry's a chunky lad. He fills his goalkeeping outfit pretty snugly, but he probably doesn't merit the relentless abuse he got about his waistline and his pie and cake <laughs> habit and how this is a symptom of parental neglect from uh, one of our, um, our more gregarious supporters. <laughs> Jake, well, should, should I name the supporter? Yes. I would but, name him, yeah. Okay, Stevie Riley of this parish. Um, close from Giacomo was another one. Close from Giacomo, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but throughout, throughout the entire match, Parry, he didn't turn a hair, he didn't crack a light, yeah. didn't even turn around, and this is Riley's purple-faced with the effort of abusing him. <laughs> the stewards were even laughing at him. But the moment the final whistle went, he was round and he was facing us with this look of absolute triumphant malice. And straight into this routine of kind of get it up, you forearm pumping, and 
liberal use of the CU next Tuesday acronym, and he actually seemed to make it like all the way to the tunnel, walking backwards, just so he could kind of continue. Um, and so, even though it was an awful result for us, it was just a total joy to see a man so happy in his revenge. Brilliant, Ross. My highlight um, involves drink, and I, I don't want to glamorise uh, binge drinking here. <laughs> I have my own issues with it. No. <laughs> I did, in fact, I did dry January, and I was, I was, I was planning to do uh, dry March until I fell off the wagon under Moff's malign influence last night. <laughs> um, but you know, <clears throat> from the moment the details of the fixture, the cup fixture, the cup quarterfinal fixture were announced. Um, it was it was really obvious that the you know the the confluence of a big cup tie in Edinburgh and a Friday night kickoff would result in a certain level of carnage and uh, so so it was. Um, I mean I, I've never really been into um, trying to sneak drink into the ground and um, in fact I think I'm often I'm often quite glad of the break sometimes you know and you know looking around this table at one or two year I, I think. You know, the, the the alcohol ban at football grounds is a pretty essential part of the away day experience for 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 at least at least two of you. Um, but going into Easter Road, I was absolutely delighted to be handed, repeatedly handed, really strong vodka and coke throughout the first half. Um, I was privileged to uh, you know join the young team in passing around a bottle of Mad Dog Twenty Twenty in the toilets at half time. Um, what flavour? And um, I think it was orange. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it wasn't very nice. With but greeners was, in it, presumably. Um, <laughs> and the best bit was, you know, uh, in the second half, as the Hibs goals were rolling in, just seeing an old guy sitting on his own, quietly sipping on a whiskey miniature. So, uh, Inverness, Invernesians, you rose to the occasion. Brilliant. Uh, so, well, well well, done for that. And then, obviously, I, I went, I took it too far as the night went on. But through the Iona and later on in the Royal Oak, Hibbies were absolutely fantastic with us, as they always are. We yeah. we, we we get on well with Hibs fans, yeah. not always with the the boys on the other side of the city. But it was a fantastic night. And yeah, following on from that, I mean, my highlight was is, is that same game. Um, it was probably uh, I would like to say it was the sheer number of Cali fans that were in the, the ground. But then you look at the the photograph on you know Scottish football away days on Facebook, or whatever, and it, it doesn't look like a lot. But then mm. you compare it with um, travelling support. Images from uh, Premier League teams that go there on a Saturday, and, and we've we've taken more than they have, and we maybe what well, we only we've only taken maybe five hundred or something marks or something like that. But I thought that the the atmosphere that was created was the best atmosphere we've had this season. Yeah, and I think yeah. and I think that a lot of the people that were in that crowd really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I think that that is what we need to get going for the games against. Um, Morton, Park, Dun- Dundee at home in a couple of weeks well, or something. I the home games are a different kettle of fish, but um, those Morton, Park, and Queens away in April. If we can get all these disparate groups together, and it just obviously came together quite naturally, really, for that Hibs game. If we can get all these disparate groups together, and you know, it's not a recreation park, it's not a day field, so you're not like scattered or, or, or along the terraces or anything. You're actually in a in a you know confined area, a space. Then we can actually get a really good atmosphere. And do you know what? We can actually even. You know, there's a lot of guys out of contract, and we're going to talk about that later in the pod. But you know, let's give these guys who are out of contract like a support to play for mm. and a reason to go. Oh, do you know what? Yep. Maybe I will sign that contract with them. I don't know if that makes a difference, but do you not think when Rooney was standing gazing at us, he was thinking yeah, about one hundred percent, one hundred percent. We'll talk about that later. <coughs> Up next, game by game. For McDonald, I'm the castle, Liverness men, we cheese hustle, Jenny Heavers, CCTV, PC's pizzas, Judith City, Barbara. 
Harlem Park, the library, Spectrum Center, the Moggy Story, College Central, the Golden Mile, Media Center, Matalan. Okay, game by game, what's been happening? Rangers, um, the 2-1 win over them on the 16th of February. Um, our last win over Rangers came courtesy of an Ian Black penalty in 2009. This, however, was a game against a relatively newly formed club's youth team. Uh, the the Aviemore Loyal, the Tame Teddy Bears, the Sons of Slack Bowie and the Cradle Hall Chosen Few RSC can get it right up them. Um, the, the absolute stain on Scottish footballing support that they are. Um, the goals from Kingston Story... And the scene of the crime for the serial thesaurus-loving morons that are the SFA. Talk me through this, Ross. Um, we have beaten Rangers since that Blackie penalty. We did them 3-0 in the League Cup. What, what year was um, that, though? 2012. So that would have been uh, when they were dissolved and came back as a different club? Oh, all right. I just didn't, you know what? I just didn't understand the nuance involved in your link. This is a problem we have a lot of listeners. Yeah. <laughs> so this game... Um, was well so Robbo surprised me I think by putting out what was pretty close to the strongest team which he hasn't done so far in his tournament um, I expect to see Todorov expect to see McGregor but it was <clears throat> probably as, as strong as we could have put out um, and even you know it was quite disheartening in the first period of the game to see our strongest team getting torn to bits really yeah. by these Rangers kids uh, you know knocking it across the penalty box, you know, side to side, and we just, you know, it's it's a it's a scene that it's a theme that's going to continue, I think, throughout our conversations. Is Carson and Trafford there? You know, they don't seem to cover. They don't seem to cover the ground. They don't seem to cover the width of the pitch almost. And if you're, you know, if you're gifted enough to pass across them, then the space just opens up. But we ground it out. As I mean, that'll be another theme. You know, we look like we're we look like we're leaving too much space in front of the defence. And teams are playing football, creating chances against us, but they're not taking the chances, and then we're grinding out wins. So happened again. Yeah, one thing I'll say is I think we improved when we went down to ten. Whether that's mm. because we kind of thought, right, we really need to up it here, and we realised that we'd underperformed against a team that we should not be doing that against, or was it that the Rangers boys ran out of ideas a wee bit? Uh, I don't even know if lesser strength and stamina for them would have played a part. Moff would know more about the sports science for that than me, whether <laughs> you know a bunch of like 19, 20-year-old guys are likely yeah. to have less stamina than, than our players. Um, but yeah, I think, I think we upped our game a wee bit after that, but there was very little invention. I thought throughout the game at all. I can't believe we just got the go ahead. To be honest, the conditions looked yeah, horrendous. They were horrible. Yeah. Um, but they, as you say, like some of the young boys looked really good. That um, M. Weddy, the mm-hmm. guy who scored the goal, yeah, he, he, he of course he, he missed a sitter as well in the first half. Um, but I think my, my favourite part about all this because I, I would just watch it on Alba. I've made my objections to the Colts in this competition clear in the past. But my favourite bit was seeing Ross totally dressed up as some kind of you know farming type person <laughs> the, uh, the the floods ruining his crops yet again for the umpteenth year in a row. That was probably my highlight. I thought of the Ross game. Totally's garlic was excellent. I understood <laughs> everything he was saying. It's funny you should call him a farmer because he. I remember when he ploughed Chris Kerr into the ground. <laughs> oh, oh yes. Yeah, yes. but I, I, as Moff says, yeah, I get it right up the Abbey more loyal. Hope they enjoyed the journey back down south. Get Right, twenty first of February, Friday night, and narrow two on Lost United. We've spoken far too much. Everyone's spoken far too much about Dundee United when we're talking about the championships this season. So, you know, what else is you know a great success story about Dundee? Uh, in the VNA is a fantastic Charles Rennie Macintosh exhibition. Uh, it was reassembled apparently after it was stored in hundreds of pieces by fifty years by Glasgow Council. When you go to that building, you can almost breathe in the culture, um, which is the antithesis of, of uh, Callum Butcher. The uh, most <laughs> the most booked uh, 
player in the league, I believe, uh, a midfielder who brings to culture what Ross County bring to intelligent finance. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought we were pretty hard done by in this game. I mean, I, I was going into expecting to get absolutely turned over, but you know, a couple of really quite bad defensive mistakes kind of cost the game in this one. Um, I don't know what we were playing up for the first goal, but um, looking back at it, we had something like eight players, eight outfield players within the penalty box. Um, and no one was near a pair as he kind of easily tucked it away and unfortunately McCarty and Mackay got turned inside out by Shantland for the second I mean he's just ridiculous though because I mean, quickly worked out that the goals that he scored this season have won United an extra 17 points and he really is just the difference for them he's an excellent player they, you know, they, they can afford to be rubbish and he'll still get them goals and win them games that's the best we played against them this season yeah White was superb yeah. White was absolutely that first 45 minutes from White was probably the best thing I've ever seen from him in a Cali Thistle shirt so as soon as the, the lineup came out Moff sent a message to the WhatsApp group saying, we've lost this, we're too open again. And I think, you know, as much as we created a lot, we, mm. you know, we kind of gave as good as we've got to an extent, we were too open and we were never winning it as a result. And yeah. I don't I don't <clears throat> understand um, why. So did, did he, did he, start, he started Carson and Vincent in this game. Yeah. Trafford was on the bench. Trafford took yeah. a knock against Rangers. I don't know if that's why he was on yeah. the bench. I mean, this is something I'm going to keep returning to is, is he <clears> playing the two holders and, and three attacking midfielders because he has to or because he wants to because he's shown in the past that he can put the three in there he did it against Livingston yep. did it against Dundee at home um, got the results got got you know ground out 1-0 wins in those games why is he not doing that yeah. against Dundee United and against Hibs we were far too open yeah. and then after the game he started spouting this pish again about the oh we <laughs> about, he went back to the Keaton's back post header in the first game against Dundee United and the games were so tight and so on but then 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 he went on to say um, we're too nice we react to things we don't anticipate. And there's so many ways you can interpret that. But I, I, th- I really thought it was unfair to like to hang the players out after the game. Yeah, you know, yeah. when, when they've, they've had a good game, but yeah. they've been playing a system that's, that, to me, you know, as you've pointed out before the game, you know, made us made us uncompetitive yeah. from yeah. the first minute. Well, um, well after that was, a, a, again, generally when we, when we lose a game, we go and win the next game. Uh, 2-1 win against uh, Dunfermline 25th of February um, there's a group chat that I'm in uh, and there's a Paris fan in it and he said afterwards that you lot as an uh, ICT should be you should buy a lottery ticket as you're so lucky um, he continued to, to say that he thought that they had played really well uh, and that football is a cruel game to which uh, another Cali fan uh, replied not me uh, you have Fawn Williams and Danny Devine playing for you I can see why you think football is cruel <laughs> <laughs> can I go on this again I'll try and be brief uh, um, so you Mafia I don't think you remember much about this game but um, <laughs> it was Vincent and Carson again and again we were far too open and Mackay and Toshney were terrible in possession oh, and backtracking and the boy was it Afalabi playing up front yeah. for them he was wasteful but I was yeah. sure he was going to score first 20 minutes you know you were looking through your fingers yeah we could have been Nisbet two, three nil down. As well. I mean, Nisbet didn't have yeah. a good game either, but they were they had masses of space. Yeah. And then Donnan gets the goal, brilliant strike, and suddenly we're in it. And you know we came out of it again. Tom Walsh comes on, makes a massive impact, almost scores before he actually gets the deflection and scores. And I do feel like we nicked three points that night. But it great character in doing it. Great character. Yeah, we definitely did. But you know if you don't if you don't take your chances, you know what do you expect? I mean, like Dunfermline seemed to have you know a lot of good chance, but I didn't really feel like Richard was troubled that much. I didn't feel yeah you're looking you, at times you're at the game through your fingers and stuff but at the same time any time the ball went towards goal either went high and wide or Ridgers easily collected it I mean it was a great strike from um, from Thomas for their equaliser 
But I think um, you know, if you don't take your chances, you don't deserve. I can see why. Games. I can see why the Paris fans are frustrated and obviously they're annoyed that yet again that get we, better at scoring yet, goals. Yet again, we've beaten them because they do have uh, you know on paper a better squad than we do. Yeah, but I don't know about that. But I mean, obviously, we should th- say thanks again to Danny Devine for um, handing us a winner. Mm-hmm. You know, thanks, def- lo- lo- lovely deflection off his backside past we're Tom all, Williams. All, so. We're all big Danny Devine fans. Yeah, here, definitely. I'm just preparing, yeah. preparing for Danny when Devine this season. Well, I'm preparing for when he comes back to the club next season. Yeah. Well, so. one thing I was thinking about is, can you remember a time when Doran's actually scored a free kick for us? Because that, that that that's the first time I've seen him take a free. To kick To be honest, Doran's played for so long now; it's difficult to think. I can't remember everything he's done. That's something we could throw out to the listenership. Doran yeah. free kicks. Yeah, yeah Doran free yeah. kicks. Okay, right. Uh, <clears throat> next game after that was Hibs. We've talked about it a little bit already, but where to start with this one? Uh, the crowd, the atmosphere, the denied, denied penalty, the refereeing, the stewarding. Uh, I think at one point I counted about 50 stewards or something. Yeah, like that was just overload. Uh, the seven goals. No, we're going to start with the shared uh, group despondency that the doors of Scorpio Leisure are now permanently oh. closed. Uh, there also used to be a shop around the corner called Leather and Lace Fantasies, uh, and it was and it was it was such a fantasy that we were ever going to get anything out of this, isn't it, Ross? Well, you've you've totally thrown me with those references. There. <laughs> um, who sh- who's <coughs> are those shops you went to? All I'm all I'm going to say is that you know, um, unlike Scorpio Leisure, we were again far too open. Um, <laughs> and really again, good. I think so, that is the problem with Scorpio Leisure. <laughs> no, I just think from the word go, and I watched. I actually watched it. I'm sad, my real sad bastard. I watched. I watched the full game back on the telly. Um, and uh, I, I didn't manage to pick up who the analyst was. Analyst, who the analyst was, but analysis. you know, but they were, you know, there was there was a level of shock in the commentary team how open we were. A championship team going to Easter Road, you know, and playing the four two three one, and we were, you know, and we create chances. But Trafford and Carson both taking the bookings in the first. 20 minutes it was it was it was we were on a loser from there it was I never I never fancied us at any point yeah to pick up on the Carson and Trafford thing I thought saw people on forums talking about how we had gone out to crawl players that we were a team of hammer throwers and all this and actually I just thought we were done by the, the superior pace and trickery you know I think we said before that if Boyle was on his game if Alan was on his game we wouldn't be able to yeah. live with them and that was the case actually and I thought those guys were making honest attempts to win the ball and were just done by superior players yeah. Brad Mackay on the other hand that was vindictive and it was rightly a straight Red card. I've still not and watched very, it. Back. Yeah, no, I, I mean, really, really, really irresponsible, really unprofessional. Really high. Can't be arsed with that at all. Yeah, so. I suppose we can be thankful that Horgan wasn't playing on the other flank as well, because yeah. then we'd have had both our um, sides of the team getting absolutely roasted. <coughs> all right. <coughs> um, yeah, so we've lost that game, and then the next game we've got Morton three-two win, third of March. Um, despite their turnaround and Hopkin getting man- manager of the month. I think we've still only picked up seven points um, from 33 or 36 on the road this season. Last time we played them uh, at TCS, they were absolutely appalling. I was at that game. Uh, how did this one go? Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, right. One of the things, I suppose, is that it's a very, very good result because we've come off a pretty punishing defeat. Martin are unbeaten in eight and they seem to be finally picking it under, un, up under Hopkin. And given that Hopkin actually took that Livingston on a phenomenal run. You're thinking, is this him getting getting it to start working with Morton? Um, apparently, Morton supporters are still concerned about balls coming in from wide areas. They can't defend cross balls. And we've been critical of the team at the moment, for, or this season, for not actually being able to get balls in from wide areas. We did that in this game. We win 3-2. You know, so has Rob done his homework? 
maybe has. I think it's really encouraging we've done that. It's also encouraging to see the team bounce back after a really disappointing result. And apparently, you know, who was it? Was it when the McDonald brothers said it was kind of a cup final style limbs in the final minute? Was that but, they not they on X Factor? Um, on X Factor, but they also moonlight as Cali Thistle fans. Yeah, they've kind of they've changed a wee bit physiognomically <laughs> since uh, they were on the X Factor, but they're still, you know, still no, good no, one's, no one's said that word. The goals were all. Have. have you? Yeah, I just have. <laughs> the goals yeah. were all uh, from set pieces, though, weren't they? I mean, we do score. I'd like to know. It's maybe a challenge for ah, but see, they were in wide areas, which proves we well, were there in the first place. Corners are always in wide areas. Um, yeah, I <laughs> but, know. Uh, but I'd like to know airs. what percent. I think that we have a, a, a particularly high percentage of goals coming from set pieces, and particularly corners. Have you done? That's just an instinct. Those? No, Sav, uh-huh. Sav does that work for me. Uh-huh. You got a pie chart on corners. No, it? not yet. No, I'm sure I can work. You work for you guys, yeah. I'll work on one for you. Okay, uh, next game, uh, Alloa two 0 loss, seventh of March. Um, after the. A decent display in the league um, the United then wins as we just talked about over Powers and Morton this this was actually a bigger letdown than um, than Cole Donaldson's leaving party wasn't it? Yeah Ross was saying earlier that we have one of these performances in our locker that seems to come out at least once Sometimes a month twice, yeah. yeah once or twice <laughs> a month and this was it it was horrible I think it was probably one of the three worst performances of the season lacking in invention lacking in energy we were really outplayed by them and the thing is that we've seen them do this to us before that they um, they come they play nice football yeah. they, in, they interpass and we can't live with it and yeah, we were done very early on. Uh, I know that Toshny got injured, you know, which might have disrupted things to some extent. But I just thought there was a carelessness to some extent about defending. Mackay's caught up field. Um, there's a slack story pass that gives them possession. When Mackay goes bombing back, um, because Rooney's already moved out of the left back, out of the right back area to cover, then it's like Mackay doesn't know what to do. And when it comes across to Conley, he's in space and he just, you know, he, he you know he gets lucky deflection, but he scores. The second goal is absolutely criminal, though. Because yeah, Alan Troughton scored from exactly the same position in the two-all draw yeah. earlier in the season. Yeah, so they yeah, show that you don't leave post. Alan Troughton unmarked at the back post. Yeah. Um, you know, and what he did was, was just... Was this, was this one of the poorest performances of the season? Yeah, it was, it was rotten. Was it, was, I would say it's one of the poorest rotten. performances of like, you know, the last few years. Yeah, yeah it, 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 it should it, have it, been four or five. I think you say four or five. We should have lost five or six now. We, the we poorest, got the poorest before yeah. that was are both away. Yeah. It's getting yeah. there. I mean, we didn't can, collapse like we did at our No, both, but, but part of that is, is luck as well. I mean, Richard, Richard had a couple of good mm-hmm. saves. Yeah. I mean, we could not live with... Uh, Scott, what was the boy? Scott, Scott, Scott Banks. Scott Banks, yeah, yeah. the guy on from Crystal yeah. Palace, who was just running at us. It's just it's the carelessness that allowed them to get the momentum early on yeah. that really frustrates me. And the fact that Robbo <clears> actually accused the players almost of cowardice by saying no one's putting their hands up to marking uh, Triton or losing Triton for the goal... Shows that he was really angry. Yeah, I mean, I think one one of the things about this I noticed was this, this is our first like loss in the league against Dallas since May 1997, which is when the original Jurassic Park film was released, and it seemed that the defence for most of the game was kind of following the kind of the whole kind of like keep absolutely still. Its visions based on movement, kind of like um, approach and stuff. But you know, I mean, the, 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 <laughs> could you got a, could you got a better dinosaur joke? I, don't know, I, 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 I do love dinosaurs, me like. But um, I mean, what, I, what's what's your favourite dinosaur? Oh, I think it's got to be a Diplodocus. Diplodocus, yeah, why? absolutely, yeah. Just, what, what massive long neck? It's just amazing. Is that what's the difference? A Diplodocus and a Brachiosaurus. Uh, what like the Diplodocus can like really kind of like elongated like lengthwise. Brachiosaurus kind of tires like. Is a Diplodocus got a big hump like in the middle? No, I don't think so. No, 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 no. I don't think so. No. I think they, I think they're meant to have spines. I've got a little rhyme that I remember from primary school about Diplodocus, but it was probably not oh, at the moment. Yeah, uh, I think we're kind of getting off of trap. I mean, I mean the point about the fence is a good one though, because I mean. 
well, one of the things got, I noticed got was... got a name for the pod, though. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, lose, since since um, we've lost like McCart and Donaldson, that kind of like defensive setup of Mackay, Mackay, Toshney, they've only managed one clean sheet in the ten games that those lot have played together, and it's that's not particularly great. When you compare it to McCart and Donaldson, who'd kept like 12 clean sheets in the 24 games that they had played. So, you know, whilst obviously, you know, it's going to be a struggle to replace players of McCart and Donaldson's um, ability... The fact is, our, our defence is really not looking good, and it's really starting to kind of drag us down a bit. We're having to work extra hard to win games. No, I, I kind of have to pick up on that start. I mean, that's that, that that was kind of you. You went and checked that it was raised at the Alloa. You mentioned it at the Alloa game. Mm. You know, instinctively, you kind of think um, we've lost we've lost more goals since since Donaldson and McCart left. Of course, we have. Mm. But are we picking up less points? Which is a far more important question. Yeah, true. We still seem to be picking up the points, despite you know, despite obviously much weaker defence. I don't, I don't know if we are because, as mentioned before, we started recording this. We we probably none of the teams like with Dundee United have actually gone on a good run of form this season. Apart from I think it was like um, July, August time where we were undefeated in five games. Our longest unbeaten run is three games. That's it. Yeah, we, we've never managed an unbeaten run longer. Dundee, Dundee had don't, We don't have massive losing runs either. Dundee, no, we, yeah. no we, we don't. But it just shows that we are kind of like we are we are consistently inconsistent. But then so are pretty much every team in this league out with yeah. Dundee United. And it's Dundee will have had a, a longer unbeaten run than us, but probably mm. with like three or four consecutive draws in it. Yeah. We've just taken, despite not playing very well, despite having a much weaker defence, mm. we've just taken nine points out of twelve. Yeah, it's massive. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, right. Uh, Queens three one win. Most recent game at time of recording. Uh, cracking goals, and uh, but let's talk about a different shape in that game, sir. Yeah, that was a, it. Was an odd one because when we saw the team come out, we just assumed oh, Todd, Toddy's playing. He'll be up front, and when he took his place, um, at the kind of like right side of um, three at the back, I think everyone was kind of going, uh, "What's going on here?" Then, but it took a while for them to settle in. Um, there was a lot of gaps in between uh, Harper. Playing as uh, Harper and Rooney, sorry, playing as uh, left and right wing backs, and uh, Tramarco as the left centre back, and um, uh, Todorov, sorry, uh, as, as the right centre back. Um, and for a time, Queens were kind of getting a lot of kind of like space, getting the ball in behind, um, and um, getting behind the full backs and creating a few chances. But I think what, one, once we got the goals in, um, we were kind of on easy street. Even when Semple got a goal back, you know, Story replied pretty quickly uh, for us um, to kind of seal the game. Uh, Keaton's free kick was was fantastic, and obviously delighted for him. Especially well, after should have saved it. Yeah, but I mean, when you're when you were standing behind the goals, the ball moved a lot. It does. Like, yeah. It was um, yeah, because we we at first we thought it was going to go crashing into the wall, and it kind of seemed to veer off almost at the last minute. It really was a superb pit. Um, Keaton's had a great game, but I actually thought um, McCarty and Todorov as well. Todorov, I would say, was probably my man of the match, wow. especially given the initial kind of what the hell is he doing there reaction when we <laughs> mm-hmm. saw him in defence, um, but. Queens are, Queens are absolutely garbage and they're looking, you know, nailed on to, to go down. But all the same, we still had to beat them and, you know, thankfully it was job done pretty easily as well. Uh, cool, so we can uh, either rely on our form to pick back up and get rid of these inconsistencies in the last couple of months or we can rely on coronavirus shutting the league down. We don't bother with the playoffs and we just go up. They don't use hand sanitizer and thing, well, do they? <laughs> Where'd you want to drink? Well, 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 the Glen the jolly trooper, the castle topper, and cup kiss chops are dimes a gallon. The city bar, number 27, Phoenix Waters, love to love. Cake exchange and Mambo's hush. Heepies, Jeepies, Gunnies, Riley's, Burgies, Kilmore, Hoop and Onnies. You all remember the statement from the club, the decision is plainly wrong, plainly wrong and the dogs in the street know this. Firstly, there's a question of, of whether Scott Gardner is some sort of Dr. Doolittle character because this is a statement of fact, the dogs do know. 
Uh, they're nodding their heads and, and they know. But Keatingsgate was the was the issue that brought the entirety of Scottish football together, from Cali and County fans to Michael Stewart and Craig Levine and even <laughs> everyone on Cali Thistle online. Uh, and then the SFA buckled, uh, the biggest U-turn since the MS Society recently apologised for their tweet calling on people to turn the streets of Belfast orange, uh, except SFA <laughs> chief exec Ian Maxwell's face wasn't orange. That was his predecessor, Gordon Smith. It was it was it was bright red with embarrassment. So the decision was ultimately rescinded, and Jim Keatings can now play in the Pop Tart Trophy. Um, it was a bad decision. It was a poor decision. It was an abundantly, clearly incorrect decision. But was it the worst decision we've seen in Scottish football this season? We think not, uh, and we have the evidence to prove it. So what else in the Scottish Championship this season needs an overly elaborate, ass-covering statement and a right good rescinding? Oh, I think I'll, I'll hold my hands up. It's maybe not um, Scottish Championship per se, but I'll hold my hands up and say I've been completely wrong about Peter Grant at Arbro, uh, Arbro, sorry, Alwa um, at the start of the season. I thought they were going to go uh, down, sink without a trace, but he's got them playing, as we've discussed already, some excellent football. They've got a really, really good team. Um, you know, I mentioned players like Troughton um, and obviously Scott Banks in the recent game, but even though they're they're not safe by any stretch of the imagination, you know they're they're very competitive in this league, and there's absolutely no reason why you couldn't um, have them back to the kind of you know role of best part-time team in Scotland like they were under uh, Terry Christie. So you're, you're, uh, admit, you're admitting you made a mistake. I'm, I'm happy to you admit don't I made know a mistake. You don't know everything. No, I don't. I don't know everything anyway. But I'm more than happy to say. <laughs> um, you know, that I made a mistake with that one. I'm tending to more than us, actually. Yeah. So. <laughs> but, but to be fair, I mean, like, I mean, you've got to appreciate some of the football they've been playing recently. It really is. I think, part, the football, I think I've seen them play three times this season. Yeah. I've been at Rex twice, and uh, their football. They really have to admire the way they're playing football because oh, he's really. taken um, Goodwin's team, added some players to it. But he widened the pitch, which was a big deal at the start of the season, because yeah. obviously it means they're more, they generally are more open. Yeah. But the people, the other fans enjoy watching them play, and some of the guys, I've said this before in the pod, some of the guys they've got playing for them, I happily see three of them play for us next yeah, season. Yeah, easily. So, I mean, I wonder if it's, uh, maybe it's too weak of an analogy to make, I don't know, but the impact that maybe he's had in terms of their playing style is similar to John Hughes when he came in and took over Terry Butcher's team. Mm-hmm. But you can, you can, yeah, and he's, he's, I suppose he's taken the spirit and the organisation and then built the football on that. But you can, you know, you can play nice football and still go down. And that's, that's where I was. The last league visit there in November when we did the pod there, I thought, this is beautiful. I'm glad this was a really nice game, but they're going down. Mm. And since then, they've racked up enough points to make themselves really competitive in terms of staying up and not even being in the playoff place. Yeah. So well done to them. Um, well, she be rescinded. Uh, I think that <clears throat> Roy McGregor would like to rescind Ross County's annual financial reports and instigate a little more creative accounting before they were published. If a sinkhole appeared in Dingwall High Street and sucked in all the shops from Aldo's Odds Bookies to Pat J's Menswear Clearance Outlet, which are actual shops in Dingwall High Street, you <laughs> still wouldn't have a big as chasm as Uncle Roy has created. 1.5 million in the black, in the, in the red, sorry, or something like that, isn't it? More than a foot, more than a football club, you know. Come yeah. on, it's Ross County. Well, uh, apparently that's a Ross County. Technically, not the championship. Hopefully, chasm. soon to be in the championship. Well, yeah. right. I've got a couple of things here. One directly related to the championship. One more, I don't know, self-indulgent or self-flagellating. However, you want to look at it. Um, clearly, Partick Thistle would love to be able to rescind their decision to stick with Gary Caldwell as their manager for this season. I mean, you can understand that they started the season kind of thinking, 
well, we need to allow him to build his own team. He needs time. But, I mean, surely everyone realised by the end of last season, whether they've been involved in the club or supporters or fans, that he's an art prick. You know, I mean, he, he had his own team kidnapped by the SAS to toughen them up as an alternative to perhaps just training. Um, then he lets it out to the media that one of them was crying with fear. That is the action, the action of an eager <laughs> did we get Did yeah. we get a name on that at all? Of, of which player? Uh, I yeah. can't remember yeah, you went there. It, it, it was Penrose. It was Penrose. managed by that. I mean, that, that, that's baby. That is beyond Glenn Hoddle yeah. levels of shit man management. You know, I mean, what a ball bag, you know. And then when he gets sacked, he gives an interview to the BBC that he claimed he'd put in structure, a, you know, put in place a structure in a squad that would get Partick to the, the Premier League or oh, Premiership. Sh- I mean, d- 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 ridiculous self-delusion, you know. So they're regretting that now. And where are they now? Still, are they... No, well, they're second no, ball so now. You're, you're saying that Partick, like... What, what, do you, what are you saying? I'm saying that they regret badly giving him a chance at the start of the season. Caldwell. You know, they should... Uh-huh. Caldwell, yeah, exactly. Could have just calmed him along. Well, exactly. You, where were they when he got sacked, though? Because uh, McCall was done appallingly. That is not the point at they all. It's there. a completely <laughs> different thing. Yeah, I think they were 10th in 9th You know, and also because he had put his structure and squad in place, mm. McCall has got to, you know, I think it's an Irvin Welsh quote to say pish with the cock he's got and so um, <laughs> okay oh, uh, oh no sorry Andrew uh, yeah, still has to self-flagellate yeah, on, 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 yeah. <laughs> on a personal level the decision I would rescind absolutely is uh, accepting the crucial ambassadorial role of idiot holding the Scottish Cup on the sports scene uh, and why anyone who would works with teenagers would think it's a good idea to appear in a TV screen Could you, did you meet me. Michael Stewart I didn't meet Michael Stewart. I met someone called Ailey, and it wasn't Ailey Barber. It was a different and less well-known Ailey. Um, and basically, so I've, I've spent the last week and a half dealing with people kind of going, were you in sports team? And actually what they're saying is, I know you were. You are so. What do you think you were doing? Um, and, it, you know, to the extent that this culminated me having to give a fourth-year boy a punishment exercise, right? <laughs> And I never, I, I a never, punny. A, a punny, punny a, a punny, punny yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I never give punnies. Like, you know, I'm not some sort of like Craig Brewster style character that like hands out petty discipline, you know. Um, but he pushed it so should far. Point, should point out that uh, Andrew's a teacher. Yeah, well, yeah, he, doesn't, he doesn't just like, you know, go around the streets. Go up to random uh, yeah, exactly, and have yeah. the punnies um, <laughs> And this is basically my own fault that I'm having to, you know, and also record punishment exercise for, you know, I don't disrespect and interrupting teaching and blah 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 which is basically something that a situation I created and on top of all that I had to confront the fact that I now look like one of the Mitchell brothers <laughs> or a testicle in a polo shirt and I think you forget that the Mitchell brothers looked hard <laughs> well I say are a testicle polo shirt you know and in my own mind I still look like the young Steve Patterson so yeah. I, a disastrous decision oh right something else I would potentially look at rescinding Sean Welsh's contract one for you guys to have a think about there let's say he's controversial yeah it's controversial um, but the guy's only managed three full games for us this season he's played a little over 10% of the available um, game time in all competitions this season as much as I love the guy I think he's a smashing player and he, he does make the team better can we afford on you know, given our, our well publicised budget constraints can we afford to be paying a guy that basically never features for us you know it's just not really something that we can 
you know, is it something we can afford? Would it be better to maybe, you know, somehow move him on, maybe use that money to extend someone like McCart's contract? I know it's very hypothetical, but can we afford to carry a player who's going to miss that much action for us over the course of a season? McCart didn't want to stay. McCart was extending McCart's contract, a total red herring. I mean, no, Sean he's Welsh, just using it as a as a as a free. Well, you know, Robbo Robbo tried to sign six players in January. You know, they tracked six players, tried offered contracts to six, and they weren't interested. Attracting people to come up is a real problem. Sean, you know, the only reason Sean Welsh is with us is because of his injury record. So we've taken a chance on him, and he could be if he's fit during the playoffs, could be the difference between promotion or not. And you know, he you know he was he was our best player last season. Over the course of the season, do we all agree with that? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I would say McCart. He okay. Um, he, best creative player. He was uh, yeah, the best non-McCart player last <laughs> season, and he um, <coughs> he was the difference in the living in the Livingston game. As an example, you play against a team that's better than you, yep. man for man. He, you know, his presence got us to that quarterfinal. So he's already given us that. Just, you know, just just off of one of those three games he's played, and and he could be the difference. And my concern about this is we have to take a chance on guys that have messed up in the past, on guys that have been injury prone, or we won't get those players up there. You know, and you just you just accept, you know, that Charlie Trafford and Brad Mackay is your level, and give them long term contracts and play with them. You know, but by the rationale of, of Sav's argument, we wouldn't sign Craig Dargo. No, I think that's, it's a fair enough point. I'm just saying that, like, I, I'm not. There's no doubt in Sean Welsh's talent here whatsoever. I think he's an excellent player, and he definitely missed spares. You see, li, li, right to the Livingston game, he was superb for us in that game. My point is, our he's missed so much action this season. Can can we afford to? You know, we, we can't afford to have like players who just don't appear for us. We can't afford to be paying guys that don't play football for us. When you look at when you look at like we mentioned already a couple of times, Scott Banks, I got him on loan. Would we not be better potentially try and look for a young talent player, get him in on loan from like Rangers, Celtic, or something? Even they're only there for a year. You know, I say it's just a total hypothetical. I just thought you know if could, we could, could attract those players, we would be doing it. Yeah. You know, we clearly can't get those players to come up for for the money we're willing to offer. Uh, anyway, I predict. Sean Welsh is fit during the playoffs. He sees us through, and you wish you could rescind the statements that you've made tonight. <laughs> I'd be more than happy to. More than happy to. Right, okay. Uh, the biggest one of all. Um, if we go up, this this voice is absolutely killing me. Um, <laughs> she going, you're doing well. She's doing killing well. everyone, isn't it? Uh, biggest one of all. If we go up, is Sean Rooney thinking about rescinding his Super J's contract? <laughs> well, we, we, we can live in hope, can't we? Well, <laughs> that'd be, that'd be that's, what I, that's what it looked like. Yeah. That's what it looked like. The way that he was gazing at us, yeah, he was trying to tell us something with his eyes. It was a beautiful moment. It really if, was. If, if, really. if, Ro- if Robbo had his budget set, I mean, I don't know if he does. I, I really don't know, but I, I, I do think Rooney might have stayed with us. I think there was a strong possibility of Rooney saying, "Actually, do you know what? I'd stay one more season." I think, I think he loves Inverness. He's been, he's been pretty vocal about the fact that I think he's only seen the other day actually that he. You know, Dunfermline. He was young. He was somewhat naive. He never really got going there. Why would he sign a contract with St Johnston? Why wouldn't he just? Why wouldn't he just keep his op- options open to the summer? Oh, in case he has a bad. If, if he likes, if he likes Inverness yeah. so much, why would he not do that? God. It's Gavity never been announced. Yeah. I think we're kidding ourselves. That you know, we, we have this love affair with Sean Rooney, and it's it's one way. It's no, one he way loves his back, man. You saw those eyes. You saw those eyes. Why is he saying the pre-contract? The way he was gazing at us. As I said, guaranteed top flight and higher wages. That's for, for a short contract, or sorry, for a, a short career at fairly modest wages, which is what we pay these days. You cannot be sentimental. If St Johnson it. wanted in the summer, they would have come. First back, of all, back, this back, hasn't. Sorry, in January they would come back in from the summer. This hasn't been officially announced yet, has it? 
I, I suspect because Sean, yeah, Sean I, I, himself I'm, doesn't want to make a song and dance about it. It's been done before. I mean, yeah. doesn't want well, to disturb. Winus did it, of course. Winus famously did it when he signed the pre-contract. On Richie, Britton, all, Richie Britton. He didn't talk about it. Uh, oh no, I'm, I'm talking about like a player who's like signed the pre-contract and then not he, gone public. Oh, Richie Britton signed one with. Saint oh yeah, no, he, he signed he signed one with St Johnson, yeah. but I mean a, a pre-contract space, a bit of paper says I agree to transfer my registration from Club A to Club B on whatever yeah. it is in June. Um, and you know it's not really so a it's, breakable. Binding, it's, not, yeah, it's easily breakable you know Aye. I mean the clubs get pissed off on that and you pay a quote development fee as Ross County did to get them back but like why, why Linus when he signed that pre-contract with Hearts mm-hmm. he basically said I'm not announcing this until well I don't, I don't want this announced until the summer and then end of the season came and um, and Hearts said right we, we got him and then you know Linus left on a high with all the kind of like you know Plorus and Mimines wishing him all the best and no one doubted his commitment and, and no one can doubt Rooney's commitment obviously. and it's got to be Linus must be the last time that I felt so happy for a player leaving us, and, yeah, and thought, definitely. you know, gone yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think yeah. about, he, he, as you've as you've alluded to, did nothing to Dunfermline. The fans there thought he was rubbish. Queen of the yeah. South, the same. When yeah. Robbo signed him, you know, he must have been on the verge of not making it as a full time footballer at that moment. Yeah. And within a year and a half, his fortunes have turned completely. Yeah, and I'm yeah. delighted for him. And, and yeah. the only pleasure, the only pleasure in uh, in Alawa was we went to a back three for the last ten minutes. Rooney was one of the back three, so he had to make his runs through the middle. <laughs> He just instead of doing it, he just we made his runs right through the middle, and it was still as entertaining as ever. Right. Well, I would like to rescind my week's holiday in Tenerife next week, uh, but I've probably got coronavirus anyway. So <laughs> move that, away from you if now. I'm, if I'm going, if I'm going anywhere, I might as well be Tenerife. Right, let's now cast an eye upon the next month of football, the month of March. Uh, let's kick off with Arbroath away on Saturday, fourteenth of March, which actually falls on National Pie Day. That's <laughs> that's not the ma- that's not the that's a mathematical pie, rather, <coughs> not the pastry. Uh, pie is of course three point one four one five nine, which interestingly enough was the last time we played at Gayfield. The average rating for each of our players. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's Robo got to do here to get a result? Oh, fine. Just anything that wasn't like the last time we played at Gayfield can be can surely be better. Um, I mean, we really struggled against the part-time sides in this league. Um, you know, we talked about Al and how they've been so impressive against us. And while we you know got a few wins against them this season, uh, they still have looked a really good football team. Uh, our growth, you know, we've lost the last two against them, uh, and that that three 0 pumping that we got at Gayfield, um, uh, full on heads gone and kind of rage quitted the ground about fifteen minutes before the end. Oh. It really was an absolutely despicable um, performance. So. Um, I'm not travelling in much hope, but um, as long as we see a better performance than last time, I think that's probably about as much as we can he's expect. Got, he's got to set us up a little bit harder to beat against them. Yeah. Hasn't he? Maybe another spin of the three-five-two. I did know? wonder about that. Yeah. The third man in midfield, and if you still keep him two up, I, yeah. I, I think, think also also allows more flexibility in terms of either packing the defence or packing the midfield according to mm. you yeah. know who's got possession. possession I don't think he's terms. playing that system that. in the long term. It's a short-term yeah. fix, but why not it for might this, work for this game, given yeah. how badly we've done against them? You know. Okay. According to LiveScience.com. The number of vasectomies surges by 50% during the first week in March. Uh, what's this particularly pained analogy got to do with Park at home on Tuesday, the 17th of March? Well, we've been firing blanks against them all season. <laughs> <laughs> um, why have we lost each of our matches against Park today and, and what needs to change to get the three points, Andrew? I honestly don't know. And you're our resident park thistle expert. So. Not anymore, because I no longer um, live anywhere near them. But I just, um, 
I think that they seem to have players that will, as I've said in the previous podcast, run at our uh, defenders and, and make them uncomfortable. Mm. Um, that seems to be the thing. We just haven't taken the game of the scruff neck against them at all. You would hope the Robles looked at previous um, games and, and tried to um, do something to um, to remedy that. But I think that teams that, that, that run at us, that take us on one-to-one, tend to feel, um, or tend to get joy out of us. And if Ian McCall has set them up to do that, as he did with the Zero United team, who were often unlucky at taking points against us, then they've got a good chance of doing it again. Yeah. But well, hopefully... Well, they, they, they drew against Dunfermline. Was it one all last night, I think it was? And um, and even even the Dunfermline highlights on YouTube was basically about ten minutes worth of Partick Thistle just shooting and almost scoring. It sounds like they absolutely dominated. Well, it seems like they absolutely dominated Dunfermline um, last night. So I mean, I, I don't know if they're in some kind of false position or not. I mean, they're they're clearly not a great football team, but they do seem to have our number. I mean, was it two three one defeats this mm-hmm. season? I think mm-hmm. it is. And you know, is that just the McCall factor? McCall going to McCall kind of thing against us? Um, I really don't know. They just seem really well um, set up against us. I mean, they've only won four games all season. Two of them have come against us. Uh-huh, two two yeah. of them have come against Morton. So between ourselves and Greenock, we seem to be doing our very best to keep part of Thistle in the league. I'd be delighted to see them go down because I don't think it's that good in away day. But you know, really, it's a yeah. great away day. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny. I want to change. What's that boozer that say? Oh, my favourite. Oh, the Woodside. Oh, the Woodside, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, love it's a strange why obsession do like, that you Why do you not like that? I don't dislike it. I just think it's utterly mundane. We went to a different one, a pretty rough one. What are you looking for? Like, you looking last for like, dancing bears and lines of coke on the bar. What, 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 what do you want? <laughs> yeah. um, what what, what this, this chat makes me think about is how, you know, you become so familiar with this league, you play teams uh, that many times, including the Cups and that, that you've got quite a nuanced, you know, kind of, apprehension about the games ahead so we're playing our broth and park thistle which on paper you know should be quite a reasonable couple of games to have coming up but we're shitting ourselves because yeah. of our, our records against them across the season whereas the last two games Aloha, um, our last three games you know um, who, who are our last three games against Queen of the South and Morton yeah. and we're, we're, we're pretty you know we were confident in all of those games just off of history it doesn't you know you don't think about league, league position you just think about the history of the season maybe the season before Alright, uh, on to Dundee at home, Saturday 21st of March, a game against uh, one of our biggest... We've got a good record against them. Our biggest playoff rivals <laughs> now. Uh, March is named after Mars, of course, the Roman the Roman god of war and a mythical ancestor of the Roman people via his wolf-suckling sons, Romulus and Remus. So, <laughs> presumably... <coughs> fucking voice is gone again. So, presu- <laughs> presumably... Give it a rest, <laughs> give it a rest then, Moff. Keep going. <coughs> Presumably Robo Robo will have Walsh and Doran suckling at his nipples, giving their <laughs> getting their full before sending them out of war and asserting our position in the playoffs. Jesus. I've got to cut that. Well, Fuck it, hell, my voice is totally gone. Uh, this is a much bigger game than the cup final next week, isn't it? If I know I, I know life doesn't work like this, but if you were to offer me a win against Dundee, thereby surely largely securing second place in the in the league, and therefore, you know, it was a first round buy or whatever it is in the playoffs. And I can't then, wait to see what Sub's going to give up in and return then, for this. Well, I was going to say, I was going to say, give, give up the Challenge Cup final um, oh. against Wraith Rovers. You know, I'd probably be happy with that. At the end of the day, we I have was to, for something more personal. Have, no, 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 no. We, we have to get promoted this season. We absolutely have to get promoted. You know, like there's so much made about the kind of dire financial, you know, straits the club are in and stuff. You know, we, we cannot afford another season um, out with. 
the, out, of, out of the Premiership, uh, even if it is up for one season and we get pumped and sent straight back down. Um, you know, we, we need we need to get back up. So you'd swap, you'd, just to be clear, you'd swap um, the Challenge Cup final for a win against Dundee, even if it doesn't guarantee actually going up in the end. Well, I, I, know, I know realistically it's not going to guarantee going up per se, but it's just, you know, it puts in a stronger position. Like that, yeah. that, that second place is just so important in the playoffs. Yeah. It's absolutely yeah. massive, and we have to get that. I just started to worry about Dundee. I looked at their bench last night, yeah. and I mm. thought, you know, even, even, even if we do beat them on, on Saturday, mm. on Saturday the 21st, we still have to come up against them over two legs. And, you know, remember what we were like in the playoffs last season without yeah. Tamarco and without Welsh? You know, we, we our squad could couldn't handle it you look at our bench last night and you look at their bench last night and you start to think yeah. are we really going to be able to compete Sorry, with them with, in with, May was that without Welsh that Welsh machine again is it <laughs> right on to the cup final uh, the Zodiac sign for the month of March uh, is well for laterally in March is Aries and as such the personality of an Aries born on March 28th can be defined by enthusiasm passion and energy all of which will be in abundance at the final of the Turrets Caramel Wafer Cup final. Jesus no, Christ, Moff, I thought you'd lost your voice. <laughs> no, no, I'm just, uh, you know, is it, a, is it a cup final to be excited about? I think so. I mean, when, when we won it a couple of years ago, it did have some kind of galvanising effect in the team. We did go on that you know, really good run towards the end of the season where we just missed out in the playoffs. Um, I mean... Obviously, I, I want us to win it, but... I'm I was embarrassed at winning it last time. There's, people, there, there's people, like... Jumping around, you know, pissed up. It was a great really, moment behind behind the season before in the Premier League. The season yeah. before that, we're in fucking Europe. We were just looking. Like people were going mental about it. It was, and it was actually embarrassing. But remember, Moff, all the lows we went through of that season of going yeah, down. That was a terrible the season. the start of the season, you know, losing at Dumbarton and looking like we were going to fall apart towards the end of the year. Yeah. And that was the turning point in our season and towards was, our yeah. promotion push or towards our playoff push, and we didn't quite make it. But we didn't lose again after that game. Mm. It was a really vital moment, and it was a really unifying, so, we were never a unifying go up, moment we were never for the support. Go up that season. Yeah, but it was. It wasn't necessarily we, about a playoff push. Is not necessarily about going up we went something it's like about galvanising the support thing, not after it also something. I think we will be better in that game this season because we're a better team than we were then mm. and I think Wraith Rovers will be better opponents without any disrespect to Dumbarton Wraith Rovers supporters will be absolutely up for it it's going to be a really big yeah. crowd yeah. it's going to feel like a cup final yeah, it, it, you know, on a small scale cup the final the Dumbarton yeah. game did as well yeah but I, I still thought that, I thought that Dumbarton were a pretty defensive, pretty flat team, and I don't right, think we have the support. And it felt yes, like a I know, but I think, I think, I think you know, what I'm talking about is a proper final. Yeah, what I'm talking about is competition. You know. the, the cup final before was, you know, it was overblown. It was people getting excited about something? Oh, I really, love that moment. Really that should goal. have been. Oh, yeah. Yeah. goal. Danny McKay as a club. That Danny McKay doing more in five minutes in the pitch than Jake Mulaney had done in like the previous mm-hmm. 85 yeah. and of course I it, was a great, it was a great moment but it wasn't a great game Danny right? McKay Danny McKay after the game being interviewed um, and saying all I've ever wanted to do is play for Cali <laughs> and I've never heard anybody say that before yeah. that's lovely yeah. but I think the whole thing the whole thing will be better from the off I think because there'll be a better atmosphere even though it's okay the football will be better I do, however, think that Wraith Rovers are a good team. Moth is still be moaning well. it's not a real cup. Yes. No, <laughs> I, think, I think he's wrong. But, um, no, and also we know what, what, what time's kick-off? 4.10 On a Saturday afternoon. It's going to be a big party. I'll be extremely, extremely, yeah. extremely drunk. And the arrangements yeah. we've got for it sound fantastic. Yeah. As we come to the end of March, we all move our clocks forward. Except for Cole Donaldson, who just nudges us closer to the edge of his mantelpiece. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
Welcome, watcher of illusion, to the castle of confusion. Yes, it's the Nightmare Eleven. I've got the perfect voice for it. That was the theme tune to the 80s children's TV show of the same name, a game in which a team of kids tried to guide a blindfolded friend through a virtual reality world of darkness. Said blindfolded child wore the helmet of justice, a thing with two horns that blocked their field of vision. Three players that didn't need a helmet to block their field of vision are those already installed in the Nightmare Eleven. Up front, Danny Lopez and Felicitano <laughs> and, and, and in midfield, Claude Gnapka. But what demon, what nightmarish creature of the dark nether realm will join them? Beastmaster Young. <laughs> well, as you've pointed out, um, it's probably time to get start getting some defenders in there so we can make sure we're capable of being absolutely shite at both ends. Um, I think there's actually fewer players competing for places among our past defenders because we've had quite a lot of strong settled partnerships um, there's also been a bit of debate about the criteria, should we be going for players who um, have only kind of um, played a few times for us and been basically hurried out of the out of the door because they were so shit or are we going for players who may have stayed a lot longer but were consistently poor, Phil McGuire has mentioned a lot and actually it turns out that we keep going for players that um, only played a few times for us um, Lopez, Napka and Zushin being the examples. So the newest member of the team follows that pattern. Um, it's not Phil McGuire, he's escaped the trapdoor for now. Uh, he was nominated on Twitter by Sean Selkirk and he's actually someone who might have grown into being a decent enough player for us, judging by the fact that um, he was at Motherwell for two seasons and the, some of their supporters are talking about wanting him back. Um, and also, he was arguably thrust into the most transitional ICT team of all time, I think, the season 2011-12 season. So it's maybe a little unfair to judge him, except for the fact we never found out whether he could have, could have been a good player or not, because apparently, by all accounts, he was a ridiculous man-baby, and he got bumped. So, to sum up the ICT career of Tom Aldred, he started the first league game of 2011-12, a 3-0 away defeat to Motherwell, and central defence alongside Ross Toakley. He started the second game, which was a one home defeat to Hibs, um, in a team where Thomas Piermeyer, I believe, played. <laughs> so I don't know if that was Piermeyer going into the centre and Tokley going back to right back, or whether um, Tokley stayed in uh, the centre alongside Aldred. If, if, if Thomas Piermeyer passed you in the street, would you recognise him? No, no. In fact, he was a strong candidate for this as well, but Aldred kind of made it worse. He got dropped for his third game, which was a three-all draw at East End Park, because Chris Hogg appeared by that stage. Oh, why, was, um, why is he not in this team? But he was subbed on mm. in time to concede a 90th-minute equaliser. And then he was on the bench for the next game, a 2-0 home defeat to Rangers, and he got half an hour for coming on for half an hour coming on for Gregory Taddy. Bizarrely, uh, I don't know if he was played up front to see if he's he any better up front. At the time, though. Yeah, well, we he's might like have holding been out for a point. Kind holding of out for a point, and we dropped two. I'm assuming that as well. So anyway, so the schism comes after that. He was sent to um, play for the reserves away to Brora, I believe, in midweek. And apparently he lost his shit completely, <laughs> spat his dummy the length of the bus, told Terry Butcher where to go. And if you think about this, right, this is probably, much as I have some, you know, I don't, I don't particularly like the fact that he played for the Graham Soonest Rangers team, Butcher was indisputably one, indisputably one of the greatest centre-halves of his generation. And you have got a centre-half of the record of played four, lost three, drawn one, four three against nine, 
telling Terry Butcher he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> so off he goes. Basically, that was him. We went back to Watford, and after that, we continued to be absolute shit. We finished 10th. We conceded 60 goals for a negative goal difference of 18, so he might have been no worse than anyone else that was playing the team at the time. But after that, the season after that, Warren, Raving, and Meekings come in, and it all changes. They were all so, right for us, weren't they? <laughs> they were, weren't they? So, also, if anyone wants to like pile in with any insults on Tom Aldred, apparently he's in Brisbane at the moment. So fill your boots because he's probably not going to come back just to well, who, who did he play for recently? Motherwell. 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 And yeah. apparently was quite good. Yeah, but um, well, fancy to rate him quite highly. Actually, yeah. yeah. That's what I said. He might have been good for us, but he, was well, he wasn't good enough for that back four. So <clears throat> Tom Aldred, how, how many, many appearances? Four. Four. Four, <laughs> four goals. Oh, sorry, four goals. God, wait, sorry, four appearances, two sub, and were within that four, nine goals conceded. Yep, yep. Mailbag. Unlike Hermes, Andrew Sutherland doesn't leave your mail in a recycling bin, never to be seen again. He rakes in that bin for something to eat or read. He finds a note. Scrawled in crayon, pinned to the back of a dead rat. And he takes that into the slums or studio to read for the delectation of your ears and ours like a dirty postman pat. What cultured correspondence do you have for us this month, Pat? <laughs> um, yeah, I thought, oh Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> As usual, thanks for everyone who um, fired in with some questions. We've got some really good ones again uh, for this pod. Um, apologies if I get anyone's name kind of slightly wrong, but. Um, Start off with one from uh, Joseph, Joseph Way. Um, if we get promoted, and that's obviously a big if, I guess, uh, will we see an increase in the number of fans turn up at the Cali Stadium? Um, obviously home fans we're talking about here. Or the ones that have disappeared, have we lost them for good? And it's probably worth bearing in mind that our crowds are about 25% down on those from last season, um, which is not a good sign. But do you think if we went back up, would we would we recapture some of the, the support? Or do you think are they, they gone for good? I'm reluctant as I am to engage in crowd wank chat. I mean, I do think my, my instinct is just that we would obviously our crowds would increase if we went up, but we wouldn't get up to the levels that we were at before. before. Yeah. Um, but that's just an instinct. What is it? A thousand people. Oh, our average, our average just now. No, we've lost a thousand people. Oh, I mean, I think since, since, since more than a thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah since, since, yeah. since we went down, I think we're about we're probably at two two and a half thousand down. But obviously, nah, some that's not that much. No, it is it that is. much. It is oh, that well, much. The average used to be three and a half, didn't it? Not, 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 not in the Premiership. What was it in the Premiership? We did. It was about 4,000, 4,500. Nah, no, 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 um, so, so, yeah, so, so, what, so it just what, feels almost too depressing to talk about. Like yeah. I, I, I try not to think one, about it. Our way supports are still good. One yeah. thing I wanted to say about that actually is that I think we're now in the stage of being a club that you, the cliche is support thick and thin. You know, like a Morton or a Wraith Rovers or a party thistle. We've got no right you know, to claim to no, be a no, club like that. Given no, 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 no. That's here. not the point. What I mean is that's exactly what we are, right? Prior to that, like twenty or sorry, 1994 to 2015, we're basically, with a couple of regressions, a club that has built and built and grown and grown and that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. And then, obviously, we reach a pinnacle that was probably exceeded what most people thought we were capable of. There was inevitably going to be a downturn. And I think now we're at the stage where, you know, 
a lot of people will kind of disappear with that and we are at that stage and that's what happens to clubs you know we're now old enough for to, to, to kind of like understand that this is what happens the thing is that we've never seen it happen to other clubs because most of them have been around for 100 years not 25 years you know mm-hmm. but this will happen we may well have better times we will probably have worse times but we are a club who quote unquote will support through thick and thin because there'll be thick and thin times the reality is that it's only the absolute diehards who actually come out with that cliche and say it just a couple of points so, on that one, one is obviously that if you're a Morton fan well Morton I, I, I remember all football since 1990 and I don't remember Morton being in the top flight if you're, if you're an Air yeah, fan well, I do. same goes for Air United you, you, you don't know. remember last week and there, <laughs> well I, but I remember you know most you don't of, remember last night I remember I remember 1990 to about 2011 so um, anyway, it's a different it's a different dynamic, and but just the other thing, uh, slightly unrelated, um, but to what more related to what Sav was saying and talking about, you know, when we lost those thousand, I feel like we lost a lot of them before we won the cup. We had a spell, you know. We look it's, it's, see, it's difficult to it's difficult to count because it depends on derbies, depends, like I say, on Rangers at Aberdeen, mm. how many fans we have in the North Stand at a time or in the main stand, Cali fans. But my feeling is that our crowds actually dipped. Like the novelty of the SPL wore off oh, at yeah, some yeah, point. Yeah, there's an element um, of that. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a there's a there's a much wider debate that we need to have. And maybe it's something that we can, maybe it's something we can do in the summer. Yeah, I'm not going to be but, on that. But part. there's a lot. Of, well, <laughs> I just hate talking about it. I know you do, but you know, if people were asking a question. Then, you know, there's a lot of guys like ourselves. Yeah. That moved away from Inverness. Yeah, no, fair enough. Well, yeah. um, mo- mo- moving on to a cheerier subject, we've touched on like obviously playoff chat already. Uh, question from Jake: If well, if we are to get into the playoffs, who would the ideal playoff opponent be? Right, I'm having this. Um, I'm having I think we'll, we'll maybe look at this from the kind of point of view of if we were to get through the playoff final, who would be the best placed team, eleventh yeah. placed team in the Premiership yeah. that we could come up against? I've got Hamilton. it. I've got it. I've got it. Hamilton. No, it isn't. I've got Hamilton. it. I've got it. Now, you, 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 Ross is saying Hamilton. It isn't. Hold on, hold on. Hamilton. Right, Ross is saying Hamilton. Andrew? Yeah, I'm, I'm torn between Hamilton and County for very different reasons. Oh, oh, can, you both, can you imagine a playoff both derby? Those, both of those are incorrect. Yeah. Right, go on then. Oh, okay. yeah, Edu- educate us. <coughs> right, so uh, bear, with, bear with this awful voice. <laughs> can we just say, yeah, that it's, it's a privilege to be a part of a podcast hosted by Marge Simpson's, Simpson's oh, mother. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, I'll try and get through this. Right, it's submitting. Okay. It's submitting. Um... They've only won four games at home in the league all season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've drawn six, uh, and they've only but they've only lost four games at home. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, crucially, they've got the worst away record in the league, having only won two uh, and drawn two away from home season. They've lost eleven games away from home. So if we did finish second in the league, right, then then we win the playoff, say against third or fourth, then we'd be at home. I think on the Wednesday. Yes, and then we'd, <coughs> away we'd, on the we'd Sunday. be away on the Sunday. Yeah. So, looking at their away record, we would need. So, we win the home game on the Wednesday. We go down there, only needing a draw, um, and that would see us return to the Premier League. Okay, I didn't follow any of that. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll say move, again, Muff. We'll, we'll move on for Ross's benefit. Sub can paraphrase because I yeah. literally can't speak. Well, well, well you, you you've gone for Hamilton, Ross County. Simple. I know, but I'm right, actually okay. given a reason. Right. Well, I, well, I didn't get the chance. To I did reasons, but let's see. Yeah, let's just move on. Can, right. but can I just quickly go on then? Go on. Hamilton, because they've got such a shite support. And, <laughs> wow. You know, I, I feel. Have you done your research for this one? I feel like if we had, 
Pathetic. Hearts or even St Mirren. Pathetic again. That their support would carry them through. Yeah. You know, St Mirren at home against Dundee United, um, you know, they packed, they sold the place out mm. and they managed to get over the line just yeah. even though they were probably man for man inferior to Dundee United in that in that game. So that, that would concern me about there. Whereas Hamilton, we can go down there. We can bring a thousand down there, right, and we so can make it. We can we can make it. Turn that into a home our game, like a vocal yeah. home game. Simmons have also got the shittest manager. <laughs> that's a that, that's that's a really difficult. Well, what's your research on that then? What's your you just know? look at his hair? Or <laughs> okay. very similar to your <laughs> <hair. laughs> Right, moving on. Um, so um, Ali four seven nine six, catchy name. Uh, yeah, actually fired in with a, a, a question for the last pod that was quite good about Jordan White. Al, Al, Ali's asking about out of contract players. Who would you want to keep, and who would you happily just kind of like you know let sail off into the oh, sunset? You said he ditched Sean um, Welsh. He's so, not even well, out of contract. Yeah. <laughs> we'll anyway, have to pay his contract off. Anyway, we, we know we know that we know that Rooney's ready, heading off on a pre-contract. He's more he's than not. likely he's, he's more than likely to well, sign St Johnston. Who knows? Who knows? Um, and there, there seems to be rumours about Machado that he might have left already. Um, so that kind of leaves without a contract players, as far as I can tell. Brad Mackay, Cammy Mackay, Tom Walsh, Jordan White, Aaron Doran, Charlie Trafford, Carl Tromarco. Out of them, who I, you know, pick, pick a player that you'd want to keep and a player you'd happily just let go. Tom Walsh um, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. would want to keep and mm. I would be, you know... Delighted to see the back of Brad McKay. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Okay. But that's just I'm, I'm going to stand up for um, Brad McKay and I say I wouldn't want to see the back of any of those guys. We've got a small squad as it is. Mm-hmm. We've been second in the league for what since the 15th game of the season, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I, don't, I, would, I literally, I don't, wouldn't want to see the back of any of them. Okay. I think they've all worked. They all worked really fucking hard yeah, for them. Well, for who, the who, would, who, who would you push the boat out to, to really keep above all others then out of all that lot? Um, just your, your game changers really um, Tom Walsh probably just yeah. echoing what Ross said um, and also uh, not mentioning that list but a guy who's um, I you know a decision probably should have rescinded in the earlier thing but uh, a guy I questioned early in the season being absolutely phenomenal David Carson I wouldn't like to see him oh, yeah. he's he's not not out out I know he's not out of contract but that doesn't mean anyone can't come in for I think he was really rubbish in our <laughs> I think he's, he looks like the sort of guy that will improve. Well, he was really good. Ah, he's going to improve massively, but he's yeah, improved. Yeah, Aloha was improved. Well, he was really good last night, so. Get out. I actually. Sorry, I thought. I think Walsh has shaded slightly recently, although I know he's been in and out. I think Doran is a player that. He deserves it, and also I think it's probably been better this season than he has been for the last two or three. So much experience there as well. Yeah. That's sentiment talking. That's sentiment. It's maybe sentiment talking. I'm not sure. I can see. It's between Walsh and Doran. I can't really decide. Sorry, Moff, but I'm going to say Mackay as well. I mean, that, you know, that tackle against Hibbs was just going to lay the tin lid on various bad decisions, rashness, and, you know, and and that was unprofessional. On top of, like, his obvious limitations. (coughs) I can't be a bother with that. So no, there's no enough. way we can't use the wage of Brad McKay to bring in a young defender, you mm-hmm. know, that we can teach to be better than Brad McKay. No, fair enough. Well, um, last one then to round off mailbag uh, from Adam McPhail. Uh, where does uh, Mark Ridgers rank in ICT keeper history? Is he one of the best? I think in, ter- in terms of <coughs> guys that have turned it around, he's the best because mm. when he came in, he was he was terrible. Yeah, he was terrible. He was. He was appalling. He's turned himself into one of the best goalkeepers in, in the league mm-hmm. in the last two seasons. Yeah. 
Do you, would you have him up there with like Calder, Mark Brown, Mike no, Fraser? I wouldn't. Well, I wouldn't have Mark Brown up with Calder for start. Mike Fraser. Don't mention that boy's name on this pod. <laughs> we will yeah, never. We will never speak his name on this pod. Right, I think, okay. I think he's of a level with Mark Brown and that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You guys. Yeah, I always think that Calder is a slightly sentimental choice. Mm-hmm. Although I, you know, I, I'm very much, you know, a fan of him. I remember him playing up front for Thistle, um, and so you know, I can like that. I actually think Dean Brill was a absolutely a fantastic keeper yeah. for us. Okay. I think the season that we finished um, fourth, uh, that was he was a big part of it. He came in with that wave mm-hmm. of players that I talked about. Mm-hmm. I think Brill is possibly the best keeper we've had. Although Brown, Brill, 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 for me, are the two best. You know, Bridges yeah. isn't quite there yet. Yeah. So basically, Ridges for all three sounds like you'd be safely in your top three keepers <coughs> in easily. Mm. Yeah. I'm I'm five. I think four, okay. four for me, four for you. Okay, right. Yeah. Ross, I just called her with that sentiment. Yeah. I think Brill and Brown in terms of technical ability. Yep. Um, I guess it's probably difficult. I mean, Ruguero was decent at times, but uh-huh. he probably didn't play enough to put himself in that position. I'll go fourth. Okay. No, good one. Well, there you go. Uh, cheers to Joseph, Jake, Ali, and Adam for the questions. Thank you, Postman Pat. <laughs> no worries. Okay, uh, thanks everyone for listening to this uh, tenth pod we've done now. Um, now we're going to do something a little bit different, uh, and we just wanted to um, pay tribute to to somebody that was uh, uh, a good friend of at least two guys in the pod and a lot of Kelly Thistle fans uh, might know. Uh, so, Andrew. Yeah, we just wanted to mention Simon McDonald, who passed away just under two weeks ago. Um, if Steve Riley was here, he'd be more able to convey what a lovely and remarkable guy Simon was, as he knew him better and for longer. I got to know Simon through Riley and Roger Reich, but I'd actually known of him for a long time before that, because he really stood out among the sort of original hardcore supporters that used to see at games. He was tall, he was broad, and he had this Mohican, and he always had the kind of named Bronson across the back of his replica shirt and this big sort of infectious smile he was just a really charismatic guy and maybe it was for that reason I remember the very first time I spoke to him actually it was the last ever game at Brockville and I was leaving the ground with Martin McInnes and Simon was in front of us and he just turned around to us and said something like oh that was brilliant eh? Um, and he was so friendly and enthused that it made you feel sort of included and part of something and um, having got to know him subsequently that was a quality I think he really had in spades um, and I became most aware of that when we were part of the same group of ten or so when we shared a house in Bucharest in July 2015 and just the whole trip to Bucharest he was so excited and so determined to enjoy every moment and he wanted to make sure that everyone was enjoying themselves and I think probably the biggest tribute that I can give him is that that trip which was always going to be the biggest and most anticipated and most unforgettable experience of any ICT supporter's time following the club. Simon being there made it better and made it more memorable for everyone that was with him. And um, he's obviously going to be hugely missed. I can't imagine what it means to his family and close friends, you know, and, and what they've gone through. But we just wanted to take the moment to, to remember him, you know, a, a great ICT supporter and a lovely guy. Thanks, Andrew. Um, that's us for now. Um, it's only football. I say this every pod, but at this pod it's probably a little more apt. Um, take care of yourself. Really take care of yourself and each other. And bye for now. <laughs>